folding pocket. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Sarah. And this is Beth. And we are Pantsuit Politics, a podcast where we take a different approach to the news. We talk about news, we talk about politics, but we also talk about parenting and travel and pop culture and how all of that affects how we understand the world. We're really different people. Sometimes you'll hear us agree and sometimes not. We think that's where the fun is. We laugh and learn together and with all of you twice a week, every week. Pantsuit Politics is about engaging with each other and the news without the anxiety and the frustration. We hope you'll join our conversation every Tuesday and Friday because politics doesn't have to be exhausting. Our listeners tell us it's like time spent with your good friends who did their homework. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com The Fast and the Curious is part of the ACAST Creator Network. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to The Fast and the Curious with me, Betty Glover. And me, Christian Hugill. Now this is a brand new Formula One podcast that is for F1 fanatics like me. But it's also for those F1 fans that are new to the sport and that are just starting to fall in love with it a little bit like me. Me and Betty are here. We also have uh, our team principal, Mr. Greg James. Hello and welcome to The Fast and the Curious. It's a big title that, Greg. Good title. Really good title because they're fast, the drivers are fast, and we are curious. And it's not just you, Christian, and you, Betty, and a a bit of me. The podcast is going to be co-hosted by some of the drivers. Lando Norris, have you ever co-hosted a Formula One podcast before? I haven't. Would you like to? I would love to. Are you in? Especially with you. Oh, We're about to meet George Russell. Have you ever presented or co-hosted a podcast before, George? Uh, I don't think so. So this is a first. I'm looking forward to it. So Lewis Hamilton, fancy coming on a podcast? I'd love to. You're in. (laughs) Great. (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us on The Fast and the Curious. Do you like our name? Yes, I love it. Your Fast, We're Curious. I love it. I love it. Logan Sargent, a question. Do you host any podcasts? I don't. Would you like to? Yeah, I'm in. Okay, (laughs) great. This is Oscar Piastri, and you're listening to The Fast and the Curious. Can you just do a quick, I'm fast and they're curious. I'm fast and they're curious. (laughs) (laughs) These people, I... I'm sure of it, are fascinating individuals and you kind of see these bods behind their helmets and you don't really know much about them. So I've always been fascinated with the sport. Christian, you and I have talked many, many times and I said, we need to make a podcast happen and get properly into this sport and find out why people like you love it so much. And where could we be that is better in the world to launch a new Formula One podcast than Silverstone? We are stood in one of the pit lanes of Silverstone. We've got grandstands behind us. And you can, in fact, hear a car behind us in one of these garages about to be started up. And for the next couple of days, myself, Greg and Betty are going to be running around Silverstone as the teams are doing their shakedowns. Christian, mate, before you start running, slow down. You're speaking very fast. I know you're very excited. Yes, Um, yes, yes. But I am very happy to travel all around the world with you. (laughs) Um, But you're going to have to explain to some of the listeners that don't know, but also me, to be honest, what some of these terms mean. Like, what on earth is a shakedown? A shakedown is effectively the very start of the season. It is start the car up, first thing off the production line, check it works and do a handful of laps. Most of the teams do them here at Silverstone and myself, Greg and Betty are going to be wandering around for the next couple of days chatting to anyone and everyone we can possibly lay our hands on and I'm very excited because I'd rather be here than anywhere else in the world. (laughs) Christian, before we let you loose to basically go and run around Silverstone, um, I think we probably need to get people up to speed with everything Formula One related, right? Because there might be people listening that will need some of your Formula One wisdom. So should we go back to basics? Yeah, if you're a geek like me, you're welcome. If you're brand new to it, you're welcome. So let's really quickly run through some bits. All right, brilliant. Start easy. When does the season start? Season always starts around the first weekend, second weekend of March. It's the first weekend of March this year and it starts in Bahrain. Okay, and let's talk about the teams. How many are there? 
10 teams, two drivers in each team, so 20 drivers, and they are fighting for two world championships. The Drivers' World Championship, which was last year won by Max Verstappen, and the Constructors' World Championship, which was won by his team, Red Bull Racing. And obviously, Red Bull completely dominated. Max Verstappen, the reigning champion, like you just said, can anybody beat them this year? Let's find out, shall we? Ferrari are going to be the closest contenders you would expect. Mercedes, who dominated the sport in recent years with Sir Lewis Hamilton, they will want to be back up there fighting for a world championship. So let's see if they can get a bit closer this year than they did last year. And who knows, Betty, at Silverstone in this next couple of days, we might get the first glimpses as to whether they will be up there at the very front of the field where they want to be. And just very quickly, the points. Christian, can you just explain the point system? Yeah, really easy. So the drivers will get 25 points for a win all the way down to one point for 10th place. Points for the top 10. And very simply, the driver who has the most points at the end of the season wins the World Championship. Two drivers per team. So add everything up in terms of the two drivers and you get the Constructors' World Championship, the Team's World Championship, and that is how the two titles are won at the end of the year, the last race in November in Abu Dhabi. You're quite good at this, aren't you, Christian? It could be your mastermind subject. It's, it's my thing. It would definitely be my mastermind subject. I don't know anything about anything else. I'm not particularly intelligent. <laughs> Christian, right now it looks like a big old car park, doesn't it? So this is the international paddock at Silverstone. And on a race weekend, this is where all the world's media and press and drivers and staff are all based during the course of the weekend. So there's no one here at the moment. Question for you. In front of us is an enormous articulated lorry. One that would normally say from the motorway, Eddie Stobart. Or... (laughs) Gregory's. <laughs> yes. Have you seen the Gregory lorries? I have, yeah. But you know their catch line? Delivering winners. So it's a can I colour. ask a question? Yes, you can. How many cars would be in that? Or is it just bits? They would put bits of a deconstructed car in there. So they wouldn't travel built up, but they would travel It's got a in bicycle bits. in it. It's got a bike uh, in it. It's got a bike in it at the moment. It's got two bikes. That's something that I learned when I came to a Grand Prix, is that the day before, they, the drivers get to go round the circuit on a bike. To look at the corners and everything. I didn't know And that. on electric scooters. Isn't that cool? Do Very they wear cool. helmets? No, they never wear helmets. Oh, dangerous. No. Dangerous. Which my mum, when me and my dad watched the racing, <laughs> would pick up on. She'll see an F1 driver go past on the electric scooter and the first thing my mum can think of is... Safety! <laughs> not wearing a helmet. <laughs> but that is to look... What's that? To check for corners, camber, that sort of thing. Check out the racing line. Racing just line. Just refresh your... You might not have raced on the circuit for a year. Yeah. Just refresh yourself Or ever. Or ever in some of the newbies' cases. We're just now walking past what Alan Partridge would call a static home. So this <laughs> is the, this is the, the Williams Racing static home. Dom wow. from Williams, what's the official term? What's, your, what's this called? Oh God, the official term. So upstairs is engineering. Downstairs is normally called tyre world, but there's no tyres there right now. Tyre world. Tyre world. Worst, worst theme park ever. <laughs> yeah. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's glossy and blue, and even where they store tyres looks quite glamorous. Yeah. Engineering's home. Look, you can spot Alex Albon's bright blonde hair. There's Alex oh. Albon! Our first sighting Alex. of a Formula One driver. You're poorly. It's a treehouse. A treehouse? Tree oh, I love it. Looks like a very expensive. It's like a. A multi-million pound treehouse. Do you want to have a quick look? Are we allowed? Yeah. Ah, oh, we're thanks. getting a tour of the treehouse by Alex. I also point out that Jensen Button's over there. Hello. Well, he can't speak, so I'm going to take over. <laughs> so what are you guys doing here? Well, welcome, welcome to our podcast. It's called The Fast and the Curious. Oh, I like it. Like that? Yes. Because you're fast and we're curious. That's good. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that. <laughs> Thank you for explaining that. I'm not so fast anymore, but you're still as curious. So is this a new thing? It's a brand new thing. Yeah, I mean, Formula One's in a terrible place right now, so we need this. We need this podcast <laughs> to really help the sport. <laughs> That's going on some sort of merchandise yeah, exactly. or tagline. We, Formula One needs this need, podcast. We need you. Jensen Button, world champion. Um, but it's, it's a great idea, because you guys are funny. Wow. And, uh, and you, as you say, you're very curious, and the sport is fantastic right now. So enjoy it, and welcome to the sport. Thank you, Jensen Button. That is so kind. So, yeah. Hugh, Christian Hugill is an enormous Formula One fanatic. 
I wonder if there's anything that you think you know that he doesn't know. Can you? We've got a thing that we're doing called. It's called beat the Christian. Okay. (laughs) Um, Can you beat the Christian with an amazing fact or something mad about Formula One that you don't think he'll know, or just something that you picked up (laughs) along the way? Oh wow, this is really difficult. (laughs) Strange situation. We we can start somewhere simple. How many gears does a Formula One car have? Uh, Eight. Yes. Good job. Thank you. And do they use eight gears at most most circuits? Not at every circuit, no. no For example, no. he wouldn't get anywhere near eight at Monaco, but he probably would at Baku. He's such a geek. <laughs> go, go, go really geeky. See, go. I don't even know if this is a good thing. I don't think I would be proud of this. <laughs> no. You know what I mean? Jensen, I don't get out much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have much of a personality or life outside of my love for F1. Oh, it's good, man. I lo- uh, it's great. Um, so how many, how many, oh, this is a good one. Okay. How, many, how many days of testing do the teams have before the first race? Well, they've got a shakedown day, which is what we're doing today. This is a roll down, roll out today. Roll out. Roll out. Oh, yeah. you got that wrong. Got it wrong. Got it. <laughs> to be it, fair, the Williams guys said to me on the email shakedown, so I'm going to blame them for me getting it wrong. Uh, right, so in Bahrain, they'll have three days of official testing. And how, many, how much, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so the drivers get three days each, do they? No. So typically they have about one and a half each because they're sharing the loads yeah, while they're they getting are. everything Yeah, because they're only allowed one car in testing, which is new new to me. So I only found out this, this morning. And it used to be in Spain. Now it's in Bahrain. In Bahrain. It's the first race in Bahrain. Yeah. Exactly. So fantastic. Have I done all right, Jensen? I'm very impressed. I'm very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I can die happy now. <laughs> You've impressed Jensen. I am speechless. I was going to ask you, Jensen, what do you remember about these this time of year? What is it? What memories does it stir for you? Very exciting day, always. The first the first time you roll out the new car, shakedown, as we used to call it. Um, But also, you were quite nervous. Um, I remember 2011 driving out, thinking the car was going to be amazing, and it was awful. So 2009 first wheels turn did you have any inkling that it would be quite special so 2009 that was the year that i won the world championship it's just if you didn't know guys <laughs> 2009 world champion <laughs> Chris, christian knew don't you worry i was just wondering if anyone else you know if you're a formula one, a serious formula one back then you would probably know but if you're a new formula one fan you wouldn't know anyway so my 2009 when we first shut this car down it was about 300 feet that way it was good i think the thing i really felt was that nothing went wrong and that was what we loved. It wasn't the car's going to be quick. Nothing went wrong, which is unusual for a race car. Then we went to Barcelona, the first official test, drove out, um, did three laps, came back in. And my engineer, who was a guy called Andrew Shovlin, he's like the chief engineer now at, at Mercedes. Um, and uh, he leant into the car and he had a smile on his face. He said, how was it? I said, well, it's a bit of understeer here, a bit of oversteer here. It doesn't feel great. And he went, you're half a second quicker than anyone, and you're on old tires. I was like, okay. Put some new tires and went out and was one and a half seconds quicker than anyone. Wow. There'll be a lot of casual F1 fans who know your name and see you on Sky and everything, but might not know of your association with Williams nowadays. No, I'd started with this team back in 2000. You know, it's the team that gave gave me the opportunity, Sir Frank and... uh, yeah, so to be back in working with the team, helping them progress, is has been uh, it's been really enjoyable. And when I got the opportunity, I jumped at the chance, you know. And Alex, Alex is a great driver. Uh, Logan again, very talented, still very inexperienced in in this game. Um, but to be fair, I'm not going to be telling them how to drive a race car. It's uh, it's being around and being, you know, I'll always be here if they want to chat about anything, whether it's to do with on track, off track. Um, all the other stuff that comes with the sport, um, but also doing all the media stuff with sponsors and, and what have you. So, yeah. Alex was about to take us up to show us the Williams sort of facilities. Treehouse. The treehouse. And we sort of got very excited by seeing Jensen Button. And poor old Alex just wandered off. So we need to apologise to Alex. Oh. That, that's showbiz. Also. He's happy, trust me. He doesn't really want to show you around. He knows he's got... He was just uh, being polite. He also yeah. can't speak at the moment. He's I lost know. his voice. So, um, Jensen Button, what a pleasure it has been yeah. to talk to you on our first podcast. Thank you so much. Oh, and predictions for the season. Come on. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen any of the cars drive yet. Yeah. Um, right, where's your bet? Where's your money on then? That's what we're the, where are the mechanics putting their bets on? <laughs> um, well, I, th- I think you have to say that Red Bull, Ferrari um, and Mercedes with their win at the end of the year, definitely back in the mix. I hope there's a couple more teams up there as well. Great to see um, Williams having a, a good start to the year today. Everything running smoothly and hopefully some progress. Legend, thank you. Thank you so much.
this is beyond where I've ever been. So <gasps> as a oh fan. Well, you go first then. I Tell us where we are first of all, because it's an audio product. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Greg. So as you leave the paddock, where I've been before, the paddock leads through into the pit lane, which leads through into the garage, and we are walking into the Williams garage. And this blows my mind. You can and already hear the drills going. Yeah, I can't really hear you, Christian. I'll but it's honest. the smell as well. It's the motor racing tyre oil engine smell. And there are thousands of people around, all wearing headphones, and racing drivers walking past in suits. Oh my god! And there are the F1 tyres. And oh, this Okay. Oh now, my god! There's your god. first glimpse, Christian, of the Williams car. It's beyond belief. They are the most insane machines in the world, and they are beautiful and sleek and shiny and. Wow. Betty, you've never been it's this close. It's massive. They're huge, aren't they? Yes. That's, oh, I actually... Look how smooth it is as well. I just want to, like, run my hand along the side of it. You're not allowed to do that. No, I know, I know. How cool is this, guys? This is insane to be stood six steps from a Formula One car the first day it gets rolled out the garage with Logan sat in it with the American flag on the side of his helmet and 15,000 mechanics scurrying around it. I will never forget this moment. This, this is, is insane. Incredible. Oh, Christian. Yeah, but you don't get to be this close to Formula One cars. This is next level. <laughs> I'm actually a little bit shaking. Oh, Logan's just got out of the cockpit. Oh, Logan, look at him. So this is really stupid thing to say, but the helmet is a lot bigger than I thought it would be as well. I, I think the size of Formula Everything is massive. The size of everything shocks people that don't know Formula One. So the cars are big beasts. The helmets are big. It, everything's bigger. And then when you see these massive structures and how big the tyres are and realise they race at 200 miles an hour and break down to 40 miles an hour in the space of a few metres, that's what blows people's mind, the size of the things. Yeah. It... So what do we think he was doing in there in the cockpit just then? What, what could it have been? Because he looks like he's actually just been in there for a while. Looks like he's been, he looks quite stressed. Bear he in mind, sweaty. this is the earliest part of the early part of the season. It could be anything from getting used to the millions of buttons on the steering wheel to adjusting layouts to adjusting pedal settings. There's so much to get your head round on this first day. So even when you're sat in the car, there's so much to think about. So what's, what's being brought out here? So that is a front wing. Every single part of a Formula One car is designed to make sure it cuts through the air at a smooth way as possible. So the front wings are A, huge, B, sleek. And they're the very first part of the car that you see. And they're integral because when the car's piercing through the air at 200 miles an hour, they're pushing the air behind. Don't hit that person, I've just, Christian. Uh, me making elaborate hand gestures has nearly knocked out a mechanic, which would be a terrible way to start this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be welcomed back ever again. But yeah, the front wing is the first thing that slices through the air, and there are people looking in great detail at the Williams front wing. And again, at this stage of the season, everything's new. There'll be feedback from drivers. They'll be checking the wings working as they should be. There'll be minor adjustments being made. And we can see just to the right of us, I've never been this close to one of the computer systems with a... I love a, how they've just got the Outlook up. They've got their emails. They've got their emails on one screen, but on the other, there's a, a digital image of the car with loads of words and writing on the sides. This is ridiculous. Don't you think it's interesting how many people are here? Oh. <laughs> there's so many people. The number of people that flock into these garages is insane. I want to know what that girl is doing over there. She looks so young, but she looks like she's doing quite an important job. Guys, hello. Hello. Hi. We're from the Fast and the Curious podcast. In the nicest possible way, what do you do? What's your role in this massive operation, this massive mad world? Um, so I'm working with spares coordinators. So any spare parts that we need for the weekend, we carry with us. And then we anything that they need, they come to us and That's get the parts. That's quite a job, that. Yeah, it's quite scary. <laughs> and what's your name? Emma. Emma, and what's your name? Katie Louise. Katie, what's your uh, role? So I'm from the factory, so I'm trying to figure out how we improve the link between the factory and here, the track. What spare parts are the most difficult parts to get hold of quickly? What's the nightmare part to go? 
that's a that's a big decision. To be fair, seat belts are quite hard because there's, so, there's so many different parts to it, and they like changing the different lengths and everything. You have to carry quite a few of them around. But yeah, there's yeah there's cabinets and cabinets full of spare stuff that we take around with us. What are your emotions on a day like this? Is it excitement? Is it nerves? Because this is like right Formula One 2023 day one and you've all got your responsibilities i'd be terrified what's it like for you guys yeah it's exciting because you get to see the car come together and finally out on the track we'd be designing this probably july last year so before even the end of the season we're already designing the new car so we're thinking about this six months seven months before do you mind me asking how did you guys get into your jobs because it's quite a random niche kind of like position to yeah. have isn't it well, I did an engineering degree, and I think he did as well. Yeah, I did an engineering degree as well. So both like through the university route. Um, but yeah, I've come from a manufacturing background. And basically, we make a car, it's the same thing, so same processes. Yeah. The question I get asked the most, as people who know me and know that I like F1, is why are there no women F1 drivers? What would you say to any girls listening to this who still see Formula One being a fairly male-dominated sport, but we've seen the teams in recent years do far more to try and encourage more women to get involved. And I just love that the first two people we've stumbled upon in this garage and said, hi, what do you do? Are women. What would you say to anyone listening to this who's thinking, could I do that? Maybe I could do that? Yeah, you can do anything you want. There's, nothing, there's no stopping females in any industry anymore. It is just any barrier you put up against yourself. So I would say ask for the experience, apply for the, apply for the job that you think you might not be able to do because you'll just be able to do it anyway. You'll figure it out. Yeah, you don't get treated any differently whether you're a girl or not. Like, it literally doesn't matter. Like, you're just part of the team. So there's no barriers at all. Guys, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Have the best season and maybe we'll chat to you again in the future. Yeah. Okay, so we're just walking out onto the... Pit lane. Pit lane. Onto the pit lane. Is this your first pit lane experience? Is this my first pit lane experience? Look how sunny it is. Look at the magnificent beasts. They're the most beautiful things on planet Earth, these cars. Could <laughs> it sat there in the sun looking pretty. I think David Attenborough would have something to say about that. David Attenborough can fight me. <laughs> it's the best thing ever. <laughs> pit stop. Oh my God. Okay, so it's a practice pit stop. And so many times over the course of a race weekend, these guys will practice pit stops like that. So Logan practice a pit stop, they change some tyres and then he's off out in to the main circuit and they will do that hundreds and hundreds of times over the course of the weekend because practising the pit stops can be the difference between a podium and just a points finish, between a race winner not, between points and not. Races are won and lost in the pit stops. You so can smell it, Christian. You can smell like the tyres. You can smell. What can I smell? What motorsport has such a distinctive smell, and it's a mixture of fuel, rubber, engines, and honestly, the money. first money. <laughs> <laughs> the first thing that hits you when you get to a place like this is the smell. It is absolutely unbelievable. That is my first ever pit stop in person. Also, what people don't quite understand when they watch Formula 1 on the telly is, yeah, we get that on the start finish straight to our right, they're doing, what, 160 mile an hour down this straight. But what people don't quite realise is in the pits, on the telly, it looks really slow. The speed limit in the pit lane is about 70 miles an hour. So, like, you think, oh, it looks all relaxed in the pit lane. The pit lane's just like being on the side of the M1. Oh, go. my God, go. there's a car coming. Horribly fast. I actually, um, like, I feel like a bit in shock. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> sick. Jimmy just said he feels sick. <laughs> well, we've just watched Logan Sargent drive past us on the start finish straight, do his pit stop practice, rev it as he was um, pulling away with the tyres smoking. Should we go and have a chat to him? Let's go and have a chat. Hello, listener. Is it me you're looking for? As brands, we're always wanting to make a connection to find the person you can rely on, the one that's there every week, month, or year, and always has your back when you need them the most. It's a little like matchmaking, don't you think? With Acast podcast ads, you can filter for your exact dream audience so you can find the ideal customer for your business. The Romeo to your Juliet, the Rachel to your Ross, the Bert to your Ernie, and avoid those red flags and time wasters. Your ads can communicate with them in the most intimate way possible a one-on-one -on -one conversation, a chance meeting in the gym, or a coffee shop. 
So go on, give it a try. With over hundreds of thousands of listens a month, your person is probably here. Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com to get started. Sorry for the delay. No apologies needed. You're driving a very fast car today. Do you want, do you want to say why we have been slightly delayed to this chat? <laughs> well, I don't know if it was rubber or something. I had some sort of black mark on my face, but it's gone. So we're it's gone. I think we're good. To- Logan has to run down and wash his face before every good interview. Your mum would be proud. He washed your face. Well, you're supposed to wash your face, get all the dirt and sweat off, anyways. So technically, I did my job. You are new to Formula One. Our first ever podcast. Your first ever Formula One season. So thank you and welcome to the Fast and the Curious. Today must have felt like quite a big step. Because it's the first time that 2023 Logan Sargent, Formula One driver Logan Sargent, has got in the Formula One car. Does it feel good? Yeah, definitely. I was just I was just talking to Jensen, and he was saying like, do you know, you only get to go through day one in your first ever F1 car that you're going to be driving for the season one time. That was like pretty cool. And I was like, I didn't think about it that way, but they just tease you with four laps. It's like, come on. <laughs> and you can't do any more. And no. you, you've got that. I interviewed George Russell before his first race for Williams. You've got the same glint in your eye because you guys try and be cool and try and be professional. And yeah, I'm taking it in my stride, but you look excited. You have got that little glint in your eye of, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, definitely. It's like, it felt amazing. Of course, you want to get an F1 car, but even when you get in any car after a winter break, it's just like, oh yeah, I miss that. <laughs> you wouldn't be saying that if you had to go and drive my Skoda Fabia. They <laughs> <laughs> would. So for those that don't know, what happens between now and Bahrain then? For the team, today will be like super useful because they'll be able to take all the data that they've got from today, go through all sort of the systems checks, make sure everything's running properly. They can look at all the error numbers Um I can go on and on about things that they can go through. There'll be a lot of Formula One fans who are going to get to know you this year because it's your rookie season. What's Logan Sargent like? What do we need to know about Logan Sargent before he starts his first (laughs) F1 season? (laughs) Gets frustrated. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Hates Um, doing podcasts, apparently. (laughs) Yeah. Probably more motivated than ever. Like, I just feel like this is such a good, like, opportunity. And, you know, like, I I, I back myself to, to be able to go out and show what I can do. Is, is a pretty good feeling. I think that's what fascinates me most about F1. I'm quite a nervous person. I get nervous before new things. I get anxious about things. And you guys in motorsport, like, right from an early age, have been in karting. And karting's a pressure cooker, right? Like, it's a big world that very few people know about. It, it must be difficult to balance that, being like, yes, I'm under pressure because it's a big chance in Formula 1, but also you've got to enjoy it, right? Because it's so cool you're racing in Formula 1. It's a weird one. I feel more relaxed this year than I did going into F2, into my yeah. F2 season last year. Why? Okay, of course, as I get close to the race, the nerves build, and I just feel comfortable. I'm, I just feel like I'm in a position where, you know, I can really learn from Alex because he has experience, and it's crazy. You go from F2, and we have literally probably 15 people in the team, maybe 14 to 16 people in the team, mm-hmm. and then you come into an F1 team, and I don't even, I can't, I don't even know how many people are in It's crazy the amount of people that are there to help you and, you know, maximize the performance of the two cars. Can I ask a stupid question? Um, That's my job. Sorry, <laughs> I'm going to lean into your job here. Uh, you've obviously driven your car today. You also drove for Williams in a free practice session last year. What's it feel like to drive a Formula One car? I think the biggest thing is, like, I honestly wish everyone could experience, like, like a flying lap. So do I. Car, just, yeah. to, just, <laughs> just to see what it, like, how it affects your body. Could Christian fit on your lap when you're going around? They I, used to do, back in the day, probably when Logan was about three, they used to do two-seaters. Right. They, I they went it, to a two-seater thing here years ago. They do it in IndyCar. Yeah. They have like a two-seater IndyCar. That's cool. But, um, and Wallace and Gromit with a sidecar. <laughs> I mean, sure, yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's almost like, but honestly, it's almost like undescribable, like how fast it really is. I mean, in terms of, the braking efficiency in terms of the amount of aerodynamics you have in terms of the power in terms of the grip. It's just, it's just on a completely different level to anything I've ever driven before. And in my opinion, anything else sort of on the planet. Is it true that when you do a race, you lose quite a lot of weight in that one race? Yeah. 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 So like over the course of an F2 weekend. So last year I would lose about um, two and a half kilos, but I think in F1 it's, it's even more than that over 
over a race distance. And some of them are really intense, aren't they? Because you go out Mexico where the yeah, altitude in the air is thin. Yeah. It puts an enormous physical strain on you guys. Yeah, of course. It's 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 completely different race to race. Um, like Budapest, for example, or Miami, where it's super humid, super hot. You're sweating a lot. Those are the ones where you can really lose a serious amount of weight, which has to be accounted for as well. So what's <laughs> your favorite food? Is that why we're on weight? Is you're going for the food question? Yeah. Just straight I'm into straight the food. In yeah. the food. <laughs> so that's the your most important part. Yeah. All day you've been talking about food. We get to the Formula One driver still talking about food. What's a, yeah, what's a post-race sort of gorging session? I feel like sometimes I'll get home and, home and just deliver with five guys. I mean, nice. <laughs> well, so burgers are burger. a thing for you, aren't they? I mean, being a, uh, <laughs> being an American, of course. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a burger. Yeah. Um, have you found a decent burger in the UK? No, no, not yet. Oh, this is such Come on, issue. UK, up your game. Mm. Not yet. And get, get in touch with us. The ways you can get in touch with the podcast are in the description. If you think you have got a burger in this country that Logan should try, <laughs> get in touch and we will genuinely pass them on to Logan's team. Sat at the back of the room. Hi, Logan's team. And we will try and find you a good burger. If there's one thing your involvement in this podcast might be able to bring, yeah. it's finding a good burger in the UK. Yeah. We, we, want, do that, we right? want all our co-hosts to be really happy, Logan. So if it's a burger you need, it's a burger you'll get. I'm happy to happy to take part I'm in this social experiment. I'm happy to... <laughs> I'm definitely happy to do taste tests and let you, let you know. Right, there you um, go. Perfect. You're going to have loads of people just sending you burgers in the post. Of course. Can I ask potentially a stupid question? How many times have you raced at Silverstone? Probably six times. And do you like it? What's it like as a circuit? Oh, it's probably the best one, best one on the calendar, to be honest. Really? It's really special. Like, even through Magnus and Beckett's, which is the really fast section mm. entering Sector 3, that's... Um, it's tough to beat. I mean, you come through that section, it's flat through the left, flat through the right, a little lift in the left, and then down one gear for the right, and then you're out. And it's it's just so fast. But at the same time, you're really having to hustle it. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's just a tough sequence to beat. I love Maybe. your face when I was you're explaining that. Just you just <laughs> really talk like it's Christmas. Maybe, yeah. Maybe like Sector 1 in Suzuka is something similar, yeah. but... I just say, with the reaction that you had about talking through the corners, you are absolutely doing the right job. Yes. You, this is the job you were supposed to do in your life, Logan. The craziest part coming into today was they make tracks look so, so beautiful for an F1 race weekend. And then you come here in the middle of winter and it's just like... <laughs> <laughs> well, this is, what is this dump? <laughs> the first time I've ever been to Silverstone on a non-F1 event, obviously there's a shakedown, but it's private. There are very few people here. And it's like walking through the fields of Glastonbury when there's not the festival on. <laughs> I imagine I've never been to Glastonbury. I don't like camping. But <laughs> but it's really weird, right? We're effectively in, on an airfield in Northamptonshire. Mm. So far away from Florida. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Like, what a good atmosphere and... They make it nice for the for the race yeah. weekend. They paint all the curbs. They put up they put up all new boards, and um, then you come here and it's just like nothing. It feels like <laughs> the middle of nowhere in Northamptonshire, which is exactly <laughs> what it is. Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah, it's not. I don't think the people of Toaster would mind me saying it's not a glamorous part of the world. <laughs> pretty though, it it's a nice, yeah. pretty part of the world. But it's a you know maybe mm. it's a place you'd come to retire. You know, in your latter years, <laughs> like Jensen Button. Like Jensen. <laughs> <laughs> Say that if we want him back on. I think Jensen's got us all because he's going to live in Malibu. So, although on that, on that, I remember. So, I'm 31. So my first season of kind of knowing what F1 was all about was 2000. Watched a couple of years before that, and that was Jensen's debut year. Especially for American fans, because F1 is finally getting bigger in the US. It feels Netflix would definitely help that. Is that a funny feeling of of being like? people are going to come into this with me. And you're, like Jensen was my guy. There'll be plenty of people that Logan Sargent will be their man and they're following from the start. It's got to be a nice feeling. There's things, certain things I still haven't even like registered, I guess. Um, I feel like I've been like, so in the, in the mix of just trying to be as well prepared as I can that you forget about a lot of it. But um, yeah, I mean, obviously I want to be, the person that everyone from America can cheer for, and um, hopefully, I can do make everyone proud. I you, guess you're gonna have more fans than before. It's gonna, <laughs> it's gonna open up a new world. And when your first Netflix show goes out, when your first Drive to Survive episode yeah. goes out, you'll no, you'll notice some difference. Your Twitter followers will go up. Your Instagram mm. followers will go up. 
your DMs are going to go up as well. People <laughs> contacting you. Bringing the DMs into it. It's already. Look, this, this was something that was... That, that, uh, that actually, <laughs> I did that quite smoothly. Though, I don't think you did very well. I think you did. I think it was pretty much... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In my well, head, that was like... For, for let's offer some context. For a bit of context. When, when we met you, Logan, a couple of weeks ago with, um, with Alex Albon, he, he brought it up. He brought up the fact that he said that Formula One drivers, particularly younger ones on the scene, newer ones, dare I say, single ones, DMs are quite busy. A lot of traffic in there, to put it into an F1 term. It's quite a lot of traffic. Is that something that you have experienced? Um, To be honest, I don't really look at them. Right. Is is that honest? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) He's busy. He's busy. Busy man. However, we have just said that the way in is through burgers. So yes. That's the way. The way yeah. to his heart. Burgers. <laughs> burgers. Burgers and you get into the DMs. <laughs> Not that you're doing the American stereotype who's going to Formula One. The way to the new American driver's heart is burgers. burgers. Just a greasy burger. And um, we talked about your teammate, Alex. Mentioned him a couple of times already. What is your relationship like with him? I feel like it's as good as teammates can have, really. I feel like he's, you know, like very open and honest as a teammate, which is which is obviously ideal. And then you always want to beat your teammate, but I feel like that sort of level of, you need that level of healthy competition because that's what pushes both the drivers forward. But at the same time, um, we have to, you know, work together to, you know, make the car the best that we can and just, put ourselves in a good position. Just seems like a very nice man as well, Alex Albon. Just seems like a lovely man. Is that true or is he actually secretly an awful man? <laughs> He's not going to say He's if he is, is he? <laughs> seems lovely. He's got a lot of pets. You can trust someone with a lot of pets. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, I think so. I don't know if this is controversial, but I feel like you can you can trust him with a lot of dogs. Yes, mm. isn't, isn't Alex? Isn't Alex he's got, cats. Cats. He's got, he's got, got cats. some. No, he's definitely got some dog. How 13, many cats? Thirteen. Thirteen cats, one dog, and one horse. See, okay. All of a sudden, no, he's a murderer. Oh. He's, a, he's a murderer. Now you have to question: Can you trust some <laughs> thirteen cats? Also, like cat thirteen, famously an unlucky number. Cats are famously sort of shifty creature. Do you hang out with Alex? Like, do you do things? Certainly doesn't after this recording. (laughs) Well, I found I ate thirteen cats. (laughs) (laughs) You got any allergies, Logan? What? (laughs) My my brother and dad are allergic to cats. I'm not, so I don't know. I'm just cats are out out of the equation. Yeah, I'm massively allergic to cats as well. So he's out for you. So I need to be really careful. Last time I shake Alex Albon's hand. (laughs) (laughs) Bless you, the nicest man. How have we got to hang out with him? Honestly, I feel like um, I feel like drivers that are competing against each other don't hang out too much. Mm. Maybe uh, maybe I'm an outsider. It's such a weird world, isn't it? Because you're basically rivals, but you're also teammates. It's such a weird dynamic. I feel like the the friction really comes when you're. Mainly fighting for a championship. Exactly. Yeah. So it feels like everyone's grown up a little bit, and it does feel like a lot of the grid. You know, Alex is really good mates with George Russell, and people do get on a bit better. It seems in this era of Formula One. I don't know. Um, I'll let you know after this year. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When he punch you off at turn one in Bahrain, then we'll come back. <laughs> you know, he leaves the cat in your cockpit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I said I'm sneezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can't breathe. Oh my god, that's a great point. Have you ever sneezed while going 200 miles an hour? What a nightmare. <laughs> I don't think I've ever sneezed. You never sneezed while driving? I don't think so. Wow. Lucky you. Mm-hmm. Lucky I, you. I don't know. I don't think about it, though. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't, I don't expect you. There's a lot of other things to think about, I guess. Next time you do sneeze, you are going to be like, oh, I sneezed while driving. Yeah, I must tell Greg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can I bring something? Can I bring this podcast vaguely back to Formula One? I'm oh, sorry. To no. That. Oh, boring. No. Shut up. <laughs> let me ask you about Formula One. Controversial, I know. What are you hoping for this year? What's what's realistic for Williams this year, do you think? I feel like that's a question most drivers get before the season and no one really knows until you get through through testing. Basically that's a shit question. <laughs> <laughs> In honesty, it was my fault for trying to ask a Formula One well, question honestly, on a Formula One podcast. I would, just, I would love to answer it, but I mm. I really have no idea. Right. Potentially a stupid question. How many of the other drivers on the grid have you actually met because you're it's your rookie year i imagine it's not all of them um let's do this who, who, who have you met yeah this is a quite new game who do you know yeah so starting from the top i haven't met anyone from red bull no one from ferrari i know george um lando oscar who else <laughs> alex is that it am i missing someone 
Actually, I, I lie. I have met Hamilton once. He said hi to me. That's it. That was nice of him. But hey. Did you die inside? <laughs> Di- yeah. I was only 14 so, so he might so a little have bit, yeah. Yeah. well on the Lewis Hamilton thing who are the drivers or who were the drivers that you first watched as a kid and you just thought this is a very very cool thing that I want to do one day I remember I started watching F1 and it was um, it was the year Hamilton won the title with McLaren what year Christian? 2008 thank you I remember it was him Alonso and Massa fighting for the championship. And I, I find that wild because there is going to be a moment when in your mirrors you're like, yeah, that's Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> it's so funny, isn't it? That Bless him, what a legend. He's still here. And now he was someone that's grew up watching him and Fernando as well. Is that going to be a little moment in the car? Like, yeah, that's Fernando Alonso behind me, okay. I feel like, of course, you have like the respect for them off the track and, and on. I, but I feel like once you put... Once you put your helmet on, once you're strapped in, it's every man for themselves. It's just another you, car. Exactly. Oh, and Lewis Hamilton, sort of, I'm coming Love that. You. Yeah. You, sort of, you, you block it out, really. It just doesn't really matter at that point. It's, yeah. Wow. You're going for it. Logan, thank you so much for coming on our first podcast. The big question, though, will you come back and see us throughout the season? Absolutely. Yes. He said it on. He said it on tape. Now, <laughs> we're, we're, honestly, we'll be so excited to watch you in Bahrain. I can't imagine how excited you're going to be. My team's actually behind me saying I have to. I'm kidding. <laughs> Would you have done it if they weren't saying that they'd like you to? Yes, of course. Okay, that's good. We're going to be so excited for you in Bahrain. Have the best time and we'll check in with you. Sounds good. At a few places. And you'll be back here in July, of course. Yep. I'm looking forward to that one. Thank you very much to the very lovely Logan Sargent. That is our first co-host signed up. We'll be checking in with him throughout the season. But it is not just Williams here at Silverstone today. The Alpine team are here as well, and they have kindly let us in for a bit of a poke round. We're now in the pit lane, and uh, I think we're about to see a car being driven past us. So please check both ways. It's the closest I've ever been to a Formula One car that's going to be driving. We've also got Esteban Ocon over there, actual F1 driver. He's looking at our microphones, isn't he? Hi, Esteban. Esteban, how are you? Esteban, what is going on here? Welcome to a podcast called The Fast and the Curious. Oh, wow. Fast and Curious. Like that? Yeah, you inspire yourself from a certain movie, I think, no? I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) For for legal reasons, I don't know what you're talking about. All right. What's your day been like today? Talk us through what you do today. It's been fun. Uh, It's been awesome and a privilege. Um, We've been driving the car for the first time. I I have it on some good authority that you've been struggling to make a decision on helmet colour this season. Talk us through that. that. I got good sources. There is some, there is some spy uh, inside uh, inside our team, right? Yeah. We told you we were curious. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are you fast though? Uh, but no, but you are now furious. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah, I like that. That was very clever. That's a good I name. must say though, I really think you need to go for the black helmet. Okay. Because I just think red and pink clash. Yes, I agree. But you know, once the helmet will come, I think the red is still on paint. Um, mm. You know, I will, I will, uh, you know, make a choice. I'm not going to tell all my plan. You know, so. <laughs> so are you about to go for a little drive? No, I've done the driving. Uh, How was it? It was good. Look, Pierre is going now. He's exiting. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not giving everything too much away. But, yeah, I mean, it's cold. Obviously, it's different tires. And the car has been really nice to drive. So it's been nice. Oh, we're being moved out of the way because um, Pierre Gazzi is about to drive off, is he? Yes about to drive off you if you stay in the middle. Is it an excitement feeling or are there any nerves? Because obviously it's the first day of the rest of the school year sort of thing. You want it, you want it to feel good. Yeah, there is there is a little bit of that. There is excitement, but you also want it to be, you know, perfectly smooth and, you know, not have any issues. Because if you start to have issues on those kind of days, which is a bit what we had last year, um, you know, you start to be a bit more worried for what's going to come up. And today has run smoothly, touching wood. You know, uh, they still have a, a few laps to do, but um, no, it's been nice. Amazing. All right, guys, I go back to work. Thank you. So nice you. you. Enjoy. Esteban, lovely to meet you. What a legend. What a lovely, what a legend. Man. What a lovely man. Also, what a great sign-off. I've got to go back to work. Yeah, Mystical. He's very cool. Okay, we... guys, I've got to go back to work. <laughs> I've got to go back to work. Just driving in a car is your job. It's amazing. <laughs> okay, so what we need now... It's some very exciting commentary from you as Pierre Gasly. Okay, I can do that. So this is massive. This is the first time that Pierre Gasly 
will turn a wheel as a fully-fledged Alpine driver. He's moved from Alpha Tauri. He was at Red Bull before that. Now he's here at Alpine, and he will have been thinking about this moment for months. He will have been talking to so many people, and now it all comes down to this, the first time turning the wheel. It's all very well talking to us and having your picture taken. These guys live to drive these cars. And if you're wondering why we're waiting so long, I've been told that they're warming the car up, guys, because oh. it's cold. The car is feeling a bit cold, so they're warming it up. There's a lot of people here today saying Silverstone's cold. It's not that cold. It's great. Yeah. It's a nice day. It's the warmest I've been for six months. <laughs> so it feels. <laughs> so we are stood in the pit lane. You just don't get to do this, here to go, stand in the pit lane as a car drives out, which is what it's doing right now. It's moving. Oh my God. Here we go. Ah, oh, the noise of them. I thought he was going to hit the wall. <laughs> that would have been it's a like, bad start. Oh, my God. Oh, it, the, the noise is the best thing ever. It's the sheer energy that radiates yeah. from them. They're just these beasts that swallow up the atmosphere around them. They are just phenomenal I machines. Feel, I feel like the noise goes through your bones. It does. Do you get what I mean yes. when I say that? Like, you're stood there and it's like, oof. So he's seven do, straight I've laps. just been told he's doing seven straight laps. Should we go and watch them? Yeah, let's yeah, watch let's them. Go. Hold my coffee a second, because there's something that flew out of the car. Pick that up. It's a Sainsbury's receipt. A Sainsbury's receipt blew out of the back of Pierre Gasly's <laughs> first <laughs> ever <laughs> Alpine run. What have they bought? It's from Sainsbury's in Hoban. And it was um, it's a load of chocolate. It's a load of mini eggs. Mini eggs? That's going in the prize part. One lucky listener at the end of the year will win an assortment of Formula One tat, and also <laughs> a Sainsbury's yeah, receipt. Yeah, Gasly's receipt from Sainsbury's Hoban. Let's, um, let's go through the end of the sort of walkway bit and the pit wall. Past this um, move. Are we allowed in here? Yeah, let's go through. We're not allowed in here, guys. Just behind that stand that we can see on the, cor- the corner, which is known as Farm, there's a little house. Who lives there? Is that the farm, James from Alpine says? So that is a farm. That's why it's called farm. But does someone live there? So. Well, Do they have animals? Well, it's called farm, and the drivers always stay at the farm motorhome complex, which is just there. All right. Oh, so the drivers stay on the farm? Yeah, in, the, in like the motorhome park. It's like being it's at Emmerdale, farm, isn't it? Farm, yeah, farm. James, are they like cows over there or something? Is that of all the of all the press know. queries you've ever had, James, being a press officer of a Formula One team, have you ever been asked by a sports broadcaster, are there cows there? Well, that looks like a barn, doesn't it? Yeah. Don't you think? It is a barn. But the, the poor bloody chickens will be thinking, what is this? <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Betty! <laughs> Farm-based Formula One podcast. Oh, farming and Formula One. No, but you do learn something new every day, don't you? Yeah, I didn't you do, know there yeah. was a farm on the corner no. of Silverstone. That's why it's called Farm. We've learned that. I didn't know there was a farm there. Oh, see, there we've go. broken you beat, Christian. You beat the Christian already. This is, this, is, this is right on the corner, right on the first corner. By the Armco barrier, or the metal barrier. Oh, is he coming back? Here, Here we, we go. go. Wow. Oi. That will never, ever, ever get old. He is going so fast, isn't he? <laughs> Christian wow. Hugill Greg James Formula One Anorak Hello uh, Literally wearing an anorak today uh, <laughs> Hello <laughs> Cheers So no I was, wond- I was wondering <laughs> I was wondering Yeah Do you think If we plonked you in Pierre Gasly's motor Yes You'd be able to make it go Absolutely not Why Because they require Such expertise To even get moving And you have to create so much energy by going a certain speed to get it to grip a layman an everyday person wouldn't just be able to get in and drive the thing you've got to be a world-class driver to even make it move let alone (laughs) get it to stick to the floor it's almost superhuman to be able to drive one let alone race one well it looks like pierre's run out of gasly as he comes back into the (laughs) lane oh my god can we cut that out? <laughs> <laughs> so is the team principal. Episode one almost done. Gang, my drivers, how did you find it? Oh, what were your highlights, Betty? What a day, Greg. What a day. I saw my first ever Formula One car up 
close and it is massive. It was so loud and it was so interesting just seeing how the team works, getting the car ready, polishing it, all the different jobs. Everyone was so excited as well. And also we got to speak to quite a few cool people. Christian? Well, those cool people. Uh, Jensen Button was my favourite F1 driver growing up. So when we just got here, at the very start of the episode, and we hadn't arranged to speak to Jensen, and he just turns up and says, what are you guys doing here? All of a sudden, I'm talking to Jensen Button. For me, that was just, that was slightly mind-blowing. So I love talking to Jensen. So that is episode one done. And next time on The Fast and the Curious, we're told that any second now, Sir Lewis Hamilton is going to come and have a chat to us. I'm one of two people that get to drive it. I know, so how cool like, is that? It's literally, <laughs> the only thing you can compare it to is like NASA. Getting to go to space. Yeah, like the only a couple of people get to go in the shuttle that <laughs> thousands of people work on to build, right? That is so, so true. so it's so unique. We're in the pit lane, joined by the one and only Toto Wolf, the team principal of Mercedes. Unless you literally threw the mic on the, on the floor I've and I've done things off. like that. <laughs> <laughs> We've seen the headset. <laughs> Curious George. Yes. Curious George. <laughs> Fast and Curious George. Yeah. There is a WhatsApp group. It's not called the Grid Gang, but there is, there? there is a WhatsApp group. What's yeah. it called? There is a, there's a WhatsApp group with <coughs> all the drivers in it. Yeah, there's a WhatsApp group. So that's next time. Thank you so much for listening to episode one. Please subscribe, tell all of your mates about us, and also follow us on TikTok. It is the Fast and the Curious pod. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Tell me about your mama's kitchen. That simple question opens up a flood of delicious memories. And it's at the center of my new Audible original podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. My mama's kitchen was chaos. This teeny tiny little room was where we did everything. We grew up there. We became teenagers, adults in that small space. I'm Michelle Norris. The kitchen is usually the heartbeat of our homes. It's the place where we're nourished physically and spiritually. Our loudest laughter is in the kitchen. But so too are some of our most vulnerable moments. Each week on Your Mama's Kitchen, I'll talk to guests, actors, authors, chefs, musicians, and more about how the food and the culinary traditions of their youth shape their lives in interesting and sometimes surprising ways. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.